Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of the It Was Roleplay podcast. My guest on the episode today is uh, none other than the incomparable Alex. I guess you haven't got a second name. Uh, hello Alex, how are you? Hello, good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I'm, I'm sort of glad. Um, but obviously, uh, you've heard the first couple of episodes, well, the first episode. Of sure, the, let's pretend uh, I listened to them. Yep. Well, yeah, you, you listened, you thought, you listened. Um, but basically, I'll go through and ask you some questions um, and you answer them as, you know. Can I plead the fifth on this? Well, you, you can you can plead, but, you know, whether people will believe is, is you know, it's two separate things. Um but yeah, so I'll ask you some questions, we'll go through them, um, answer in your own words, and yeah, pretty much pretty much that's it, that's that's the format. Um, so we start off with something real simple, um, which is basically when did you first join VG, um, and do you kind of know um, how you got into it in the first place? Well, it was September of 2018, something around those lines, where... Um I don't necessarily remember how I found it out. It's just it, it was like pretty much in the beginnings of Sam where it was. I kind of hesitate to call it roleplay. Knowing what I know now about roleplay. But yeah, it, it, if I'm not mistaken, that was way back in the day when there was like all factions had lockers that spawned unlimited guns and ammo for them. Good times, but the best times, some might say. Yeah, actually. and then it was pretty much like what, what we'd call nowadays a gang war server. And then that kind of turned into what we know as roleplay, or what Sam knows as roleplay nowadays. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, with Sam back then, um, a lot of the features that kind of we have today didn't, you know, it was a lot more simplistic back then. Um, I think... 2007 maybe even 2008 they just added like things like animations which you know <laughs> we you know you take for granted um in this day and age do you kind of remember what attracted you specifically like was there anything that sort of when you joined the server it you know besides the script um you know was it because the size of the community at that time was was quite big like we were one of the bigger um roleplay communities so i suppose well yeah how i think went i don't remember specifically but how i think went is i i heard about samp and then obviously i got gta and samp installed and then there was the official tab which you know <laughs> we had our fair history with the official tab back then yeah we, we, were, we were still on it at that time yeah so. vg was still on the official tab so that's pretty much how i assume that went like just picked the server off the official tab and it just happened to be vg and I was pretty happy with it, so then I had no reason to change. I don't even know if there were other role-playing servers on, on the official tab back then. Yeah, I mean, to kind of to put that into perspective, I think LSRP had, had barely... Um, I think LSRP started late 2007. Um, but, like, they were still miles behind, you know, where, where VG was. But I, th I think for me, um, when I first kind of joined... Um, I saw an ad on, on, I think it was PC Gamer for San Andreas Multiplayer and literally, you know, like you, pretty much the first populated server that I saw, I clicked and, you know, the rest obviously was history. But I think that's probably the case for, for quite a lot of people. Um, either you came into it because you knew the reputation, like from other people, like they say, oh, hey, play this. 
um, or it would be you know it was populated you clicked it and ended up staying I mean you can kind of get a good gauge on how serious the RP was when you are allowed to stay with the name Busybella well yeah but then um, looking at that name when I joined you know um, the celebrity name thing wasn't really a thing we had a a Borat Sagadiev, we had an Eric Cartman, um, you know, Borat was like, was still a new film at that time, so you can tell how long ago it was. But yeah, so I mean, it, it was a different VG back then, you know, you mentioned um, how things kind of, the role play changed and things like that. Um, how, how did you, how did you find that? Because obviously, when you'd first had you role played before sample was that the first time no not not at all i had no experience role playing i didn't even have a good knowledge or like understanding of the english language at the time it was all very basic so uh, <laughs> i i mean i fit on the server i think um there wasn't any heavy role play i don't even know if there was like light roleplay I, I guess it was light roleplay but um even that was like sometimes in scarce amounts it really depended on the group of people i know there were quote-unquote official factions and then you know obviously those were like led by people that had some good concepts of roleplaying and then they kind of took in new players and then that's that's kind of where i started as well like if i if my memory doesn't fail me like yours does uh, i think it was las salvadores led by uh, miguel munoz yeah sure and then <laughs> i actually ended up getting um cicade within the first month for fucking up so what by your own faction yeah yeah okay okay <laughs> and that was that was quite interesting on its own um they had the the faction hq up um up by Jefferson on the hill. Oh, yeah, well, you have to kind of go up the... Yeah, yeah, go up the steep hill to get up there. Yep, yep. And then they had the mansion interior with, like, the the stairs in the middle by the door. And then they, they'd line up the members at the bottom of the stairs, and then the leaders would sit at the top of the stairs. And then Miguel or What's-His-Face came by with a knife, and then he was, like, walking behind us. And then when he walks behind me, he does the thing where, you know, he stabs you. In the neck. Slash slash me. Slits his throat. You know. I don't know if the word he slash me is used. <laughs> I don't know about that. Still complaining about it even now. It still hurts to this day, right? And then he was an admin, so then he did the command himself. So, yeah, those were the times. Yeah, I mean, I think um, back to what you said about the sort the role play standard and things like that. I think um, role play in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine was kind of more a suggestion than than anything um it was like it was a tdm server for the most part but then um you know it, it, obviously as time went on um things kind of developed and changed um i i kind of remember you not necessarily for for los salvadors or anything like that um but it was you and i i think first encountered each other in the pd um when did you do you remember when you joined the PD was that after you got CK from Los Salvadores that was quite a few years later when the the standard improved like overall on the server and then by then my English improved as well because like um I don't think that I would have been able to join like the the late PD were like 
what I knew in the beginning, but then I assumed that the standards for the PD weren't that high either, when the standards of the server <laughs> weren't high. But uh, I, if I, if I'm not mistaken, the first time I ever joined the PD was back when the server was in LV in like late 2011, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I originally joined the fraternity, I think it was, and then. Okay, that's 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 an old name right there. Like. Yep. And then I remember actually there was some issues with it where I joined it, and then I joined the something like March. And then we had the HQ in the big ass parking lot by the LVPD, or as they called it, the LVMPD, because you know it was metropolitan for some that, reason. You know, because that makes a whole lot of difference. You know, just sticking an extra letter in there. Yep, more is better. So yeah, so I had joined the um, the fraternity, and we had the big ass uh, parking garage next to the PD, um, and we had the gates and everything, and like faction members were allowed to park their cars there. And I had joined something like late March, May, something like that. So I was in the faction for about two, three weeks. And then I posted the leave of absence because I went uh, went to the beach for like two or three weeks during the summer. And when I came back, I came back to find that the faction had closed while I was gone. And that uh, everything I had in my car, which was like a good amount of like weapons and some drugs, got taken by the leader. <laughs> So obviously I wasn't very happy about that, but um, af shortly after that I um, I applied for the LVPD and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I got accepted on the, on the first go for some reason. And an interesting fact was that I was in the same group of cadets as uh, our favorite cop Tyler Barton. Wow. See, again, like an another name, um, you know, yeah. from the archive. So what was that? That was like uh, 2009, 2010, maybe, like when we was in LV? No, I think it was 2011. Jesus. I, I mean, that it, the thing is, is with these, um, you know, with the dates and things, like it does kind of feel like the years kind of blended together. Um, so Overdrive, I'm assuming, was the owner at the time when when you joined the PD. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what was I remember it was still it was still a big deal when you saw him make a post on the forums so yeah I suppose it's a little what? bit like um, a little bit like God like gracing you with his presence because he didn't he, he didn't really like post much but when he kind of did or he came in a channel or something like that it was kind of like I suppose maybe not necessarily for for me because you know I was kind of more involved for the you know the scripting but for the average man yeah yeah it's kind of like whoa like you know what are you doing here? i remember specifically there was a civilian faction that was trying to get official and it was like a hillbilly faction or something um and then he posted on their thread saying oh this looks really good and then he never posted on faction threads not even on official faction threads so then obviously that was a huge deal yeah and then not long after they got official so well you know. touched by an angel you see so yeah illuminati uh, well hey, there you go um what was it about the pd because i i do kind of um when i i think of you and you know i, I try not to um <laughs> when when i do think of you i do think you know alex cop like what was it about the police that kind of pulled you in and made you stay because he was he was in it for quite a while well <clears throat> the thing that pulled me in like nothing specifically pulled me in towards the pd as much as nothing pulled me into something else 
I remember at the same time I uh, joined the Halters, and that that was fun for a while. Like uh, Dutch people with with Remy and yeah, Boss and Bus and, and, yeah, and yeah. all of them. They, they were they were pretty chill dudes, mostly because they were high all the time. But yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, living in Holland has its perks, I guess. Yeah, they were pretty chill. But then I also uh, kind of hit that barrier where obviously like. My English there wasn't very good, and then they spent a good amount of time just speaking Dutch, both in faction chat and on the vent back then, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, that w- that kind of resulted in a bit of a disconnect. I wasn't the only person that wasn't Dutch, but it, it, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was a majority Dutch faction. So, um, uh, I ended up joining the fraternity. The thing happened where it closed. Not my fault, by the way. I was away when it closed. So. <laughs> the faction killer. <laughs> yeah. So then it, it was like, it, it was the Haltus, which I had tried, the fraternity closed. And I think that the only other major factions at the time were the Alessios, which, um, oh dear. yeah, and uh, MOB. And I had, actu- <laughs> I had actually tried to join MOB, like I made a black character and everything. Like that could have been my beginning with gang roleplay. But then it was around that time where joining a gang was like surprisingly hard, like, just just for um comparison's sake, when I when I joined Haltus, it was like you made quote unquote the job application for like their front, whatever the fuck it was, and then they called you back, they saw that you could do a slash me and then welcome aboard, you're now an associate or whatever the fuck they called it. But then with gangs it was different. There was no application, you had to find them in game, which wasn't that hard because, you know, MLB, you know. They'd, they'd be all over the place they they yeah it was more they find you than than you find them really. but then then begins the whole process where you're kind of just a hang around you don't get invited you don't have faction chat you don't have the the names because i think that was back when we liked the whole ddm metagamey thing where we had colored names for everyone so i think that mov was purple and then pd was obviously blue and so on so that, that's kind of what turned me away from that was that I, I just wasn't patient enough to just hang around with these guys for like two weeks and then maybe later catch an invite so the PD presented like back to the halters he presented the easy application and then you're in like either you get accepted or you don't but there's no hang around time and then maybe something happens so I applied and then I never really struggled with applications applications have been pretty pretty good for me i think like uh, anything that came to the forums i I could uh, just sit down and write it whereas other people kind of struggled with it i know that even some some admins even recently well quote unquote recent like as late as 2017 i've had other admins who struggle with applications and the sort and they're like oh i hate that but then i never really struggled with that it's uh, you had obviously unlimited time i mean not technically unlimited because at some point applications would close but like yeah and you have to do things like eat and sleep and yeah those pesky things but um yeah getting in you would way. just submit an app and then you'd, you'd get accepted hopefully and then you're in and that's that's kind of what attracted me to it and then the thing that kept me going was the people really i mean <clears throat> like i said the the factions that i was in up to that point were, were pretty much mov where i was like quote unquote in MOV I was a hang around and then that never happened I was in the fraternity which was pretty inactive at that point and then it closed and then I was in the Haltus where they were all like cool and shit but they were mostly Dutch so then that didn't result in much I always see communication 
so then when when i joined yeah. the pd obviously that was like a whole different thing where like people just sat in in vent channels or at some point team speak channels and then just joked around and stuff and then that was most definitely an an eye opener for what was possible really um and it wasn't necessarily me interacting with them as much because like i was still the new guy I, I wasn't that comfortable with my english so obviously when we we obviously had a lot of native english speakers and then we had people like mike who spoke you know kind of their own language where <laughs> back <laughs> it's like it's almost like a beefed up version of english where mike speaks yeah well, especially back then when my english wasn't so good when you would hear mike like take a start speaking at 600 words per minute you would be like okay oh boy and it like <laughs> takes a few minutes for your brain to catch up and it's like wow okay i need to digest digest all the information he's kind of because uh, it's very, the, very but, relentless but then there were the jokesters i'd say there, there were people like david Riker who would joke around a lot uh there was ross um cloud was there i believe um there was also this dude who made like one joke that i remember i think i remember forever it will it was like vincent novakovsky or something like that i don't know but um i still remember like uh, that's that's how funny well not necessarily funny but like memorable some of the some of the nights were um someone went to prison and then they they had the, the what we did where you request permission from an admin to break out the prison and we got told that they got permission and stuff and then you know an admin did the slash rp that there's a prison break and blah blah and then the guy apparently got a weapon spawned because he made the made a weapon or something and then he threatened the quote-unquote npc guard to let him out and then vincent was shouting in team speak or vent or whatever it is he was like so what's next is he gonna make an m4 out of the sink like <laughs> obviously implying that the admin was too lenient with well, what was acceptable roleplay but um yeah those were the kind of things where it was just having fun having a group of people that you could talk to and um yeah that that's what kept me around with the pd for the longest time i, I do think um you know with any with any of the factions that people were in if you had some kind of um i think it was probably more oc that kept people in factions than than the ic stuff um because you know, like like you said, with you know, kind of your journey from Los Salvador's, you know, the how-to's mob, um, you know, finally to the PD, um, like the IC stuff did kind of seem quite flexible and, and I guess at times fickle. I mean, you you know, you got your you got your weapons taken from your you know from your car by the leader of the fraternity, um, but like if if you kind of found a faction that you you know, Oocely, you you kind of fit in with, and um, and I th I think that's quite important for particularly guys that aren't like you said native English speakers because you know you come into an environment and and everyone's talking English and and you know not just like typing but talking English in vent, um, and you know it's it's not your first language and you know we talked about this in the the previous episode with Thang that, you know, when he first joined, it was difficult for him because he didn't, you know, he, he didn't speak English properly. Um, so kind of having, um, you know, a group of people that you got along with, um, obviously made 
that journey a lot easier and, and it was I suppose it was a way for for quite a few non-English speaking people to learn English um, but then you know obviously uh, I, I guess you know it became became your thing you became comfortable in in the PD and stayed with it for quite a while who do you who would you say during your time in the PD like was for you the best chief like not necessarily just in kind of like um the in character stuff but like kind of overall like a you know everything considered i i think it's a bit hard to say because like obviously i was never like very high in the pd well until dg but then you know um in vg i think if i'm not mistaken my highest rank ever in pd was sergeant so like I, i never really interacted with the high command unit um with the chief specifically it was most most likely just like him hopping game and then you're like oh it's the chief blah 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 but then i don't really know how the decisions were made what the thought process was behind them how active he was out of game because in game like i don't think any chief we ever had was like overly active in game um and for the vast majority of my time in pd if not for my whole time in pd edward the main was the chief so it's it's pretty hard it is an interesting character (laughs) Especially towards the end, but um, yeah, back in back in VG, I think that pretty much the only chiefs and assistant chief that I was under was the main and Mike, and then Mike was obviously the guy that was always in game, and then the Ed was the one that sometimes came in the game, and then that was it. There, yeah, there wasn't much to like gauge or evaluate, especially from like a lower ranks perspective. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, really, that you know you said about you know the sergeant um, thing and not really interacting with the high command because, I mean, me personally, when I was in when I was in VG, um, you know, I was in the PD in VG, I was interacting with the high command all the time because I was getting thrown out of the PD by them, um, but then you know for you, you know, you said that the highest rank that you got at that time was was sergeant, but. I mean, from my from my recollections, like if you were sergeant, you know, it's it's a little bit, you know, to kind of put it in, into perspective. Um, there was a lot of cadets, there was a lot of officers. Um, so if you kind of got to the point where you was a sergeant, like you was kind of starting to, I mean, you was kind of in the middle of the the faction. In terms no, no, of no of for sure in the middle. But we're talking about the chief, which is you know, yeah, yeah. Very but tough. what I was saying is that you were a somebody if you was a sergeant but like if you was an officer or a cadet like you never really you didn't really connect with the upper part of the faction like there was a real kind of structure to it whereas perhaps maybe later on that wasn't you know it was kind of reduced like in dg for example there was like 20 cops so even if you was a cadet you was a somebody but in vg by contrast like there was probably three sometimes four times that and it's like well, you know, if you're a cadet or an officer, <laughs> you're a fucking nobody. Um, but like, in in terms of like cops, who do you feel that that you kind of work best with, or that you enjoyed being in the faction, you know, with? Well, obviously, there's the most notable characters, like the people that just spoke the most, and that was that has to be either Riker or Perry. The those are definitely the the loudest voices in the room every time they joined or. In every single situation, you had uh, 
David who would hop out his car going like 60 miles per hour with his pass, just blasting at the Broadway. I remember a report about that. <laughs> and then you'd have Mike who at every situation he'd get in everyone's cruiser and park it on the side of the road because he was like really upset with them sitting in the middle of the road. A little bit of a stickler for the rules was Mike. I mean, he wrote most of them. So <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I suppose he takes it as a personal insult when the rules weren't followed, um, considering he wrote them. But yeah, so I mean, Mike, David, um, was there anyone kind of like on your level or maybe like, you know, around officer or anything like that, that that you kind of, you partnered with or? Oh, not necessarily partnered with, because partnering up was something that was like, for the most part, unheard of on VG. It was, I don't believe there was ever like, a requirement to partner up or maybe it was on a trial basis for like a week and then everyone hated it and it got removed like partnering up was never a big thing on vg or on dg um and i think it mainly stemmed from the fact that you would have to work with someone <laughs> and most people just liked being in their own cruiser doing whatever the fuck they wanted without having to like confer with someone else and then obviously when you partner with someone else it's going to be like who's going to be driving and then the person that's driving has like 90 percent of the control of what's going to happen so for the most part most people apart from cadets obviously just prefer to stay alone but just by virtue of time zones i think that most of the people that i interacted with was going to be europeans or sometimes when i stayed up late like early americans people like that they got on early like the poda got on pretty early um every day um there'd be people like starex who played in the same time zone as me because i think they have the same time zone yeah i think they're, they're i think well israel's like plus three i guess yeah and more plus three is summertime and plus two winter so yeah it gets kind of confusing with the time zone sometimes but yeah the, those were the people it'd be people like uh colin allen um star x who with his multiple characters over the years for some reason uh there'd be ross uh, tyler barton when he was around i guess that's all of the names that i really remember off the top of my head uh, obviously if i saw the roster now i could probably pick out some more people but um yeah just off the top of my head well actually no th there was this one more uh, pakistani guy that was like really active in my time zone you, do you remember what his name was? Uh, Jason Vice, you know, there we go. Oh, Jason yep. Vice. I actually think, I don't even think he was Pakistani, he might have been Indian. Well, what's the difference, you know? <laughs> well, well, that's the, I mean, that's that's debatable. One word um, they're dispute yeah, away from being the same country. So. No, I, I do remember Jason Vice. I also remember, um, you know, kind of when we were talking about partnering up and things like that, um, it just kind of made me think of, um, you know, when the garage used to be just full of cars, um, you know, because it wasn't necessarily always about sharing, like you just run and grab a cruiser. Um, and then, you know, kind of after like a roll call or anything like that, you'd, you know, you'd wait to go out, like you'd all be in a line. Nate Jenkins. Sometimes you wouldn't wait and then Mike would yell at you to come Right, back. exactly, exactly. You know, Nath Jenkins would demand that... Um, that the engines were switched off to save fuel and, and just ridiculous stuff like that. Um, but one one kind of thing that I always do tend to remember about you, and particularly where I was concerned, is <laughs> we was talking about um, earlier on in the episode about how you struggled with English. Um, 
and I don't know if you're gonna hate from, hate me for saying this, or you hate me anyway, but um, you one ha- more reason. Like to to me, you had what I would consider to not be a Romanian accent when you talked English. It was more like a a Pakistani accent. I'm not gonna do the accent because I kind of feel like that's a, you know it's a little bit disrespectful, but. Um, when did that ever stop you? Because... When did that ever stop me? Yeah. But I used to do it in Ventrilo um, because, you know, it was, it was before Team Speed. Every time I would do it, <laughs> you would ram my car repeatedly until I stopped doing it. Um, and that, I mean, that for me um, was kind of like my earliest memory of memory of you pretty much. Um but it, it, you know, it was literally every day because we'd be in the same time zone. Like, obviously, we're both both European, so we'd be on at the same time. And you know, um, the guys you obviously you mentioned were always permanent PD. I was always getting thrown out of the PD, so you know, I, I was kind of in and out. Um, but yes, I mean that was that was one thing that you know. Um, if I Guru's, still don't know what you had on Mike Perry to let you in. That long it it wasn't. It wasn't Mike. Mike constantly wanted me out of the PD. Mike hated me. I hated Mike, probably because you know, because of the whole you know throwing in and out of the PD. Because I just didn't want to follow, follow the rules. Um, and you know, like we've mentioned he made most of the rules, so it kind of sees it as you know I'm I'm you know fighting with him. Um, I mean, I, I don't even know that you spend that much time in character. You're usually flying above in your Superman suit. Yeah, I mean, uh, doing, you know, doing all, all different kind of things. Um, what I was known for, like the, you know, the fucking about and things like that. I think I actually nearly got warned once because there was a PD parade through Idlewood. And I thought it would be funny if, you know, someone firebombed it. Um, the PD didn't seem to see it that way. Um which, you know, kind of in hindsight, I can kind of understand. Um, but yeah, I wasn't, wasn't really, I wasn't really big on, on the, the role play aspect when I was a cop as well. Um, and that, I mean, I guess that would be my next question is, were you sort of more, because I know some people were really into kind of the role play and you could kind of tell when you got arrested by them, um, you know, that they'd be the ones that kind of skip most of the, the cop stuff and just kind of, you know, throw you in a cell. And then there'd be the other guys that would just, you know, take you through the entire process. Um, was that more you, or was you you just kind of wanted to keep things simple and do the chases and the shootouts? Like, did you enjoy the role play, or, or perhaps more, more the action? Well, I I think that you can do a healthy mix of both, and like some people took it too much in one extreme, and then some people in the other. Where um, I personally always try to follow the rules. Uh, which is why I think that for for the most part I got along with Mike, whereas you know a lot of people hated him and stuff. And while I I wouldn't say that I ever like, especially when I was younger, I wouldn't say that you know I necessarily liked Mike. Uh, but I I think that you know we we were on good relations compared to other people that were like constantly fucking about and you know he wanted to get removed like you. But um, yeah, like. For the most part, I, I stuck to the rules. I stuck to the manual, the force matic, that sort of stuff. And um, I remember that um, on VG, we never really had like a lot of forum work to do. Like there was never like anything like arrest reports, that sort of stuff. And um, for like 
a month in like 2013 or something like that we had a trial system for arrest reports where it was like optional when you arrested someone you could do an arrest report and you know blah 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 uh, and a hundred percent option and i remember that there was like maybe 50 reports wrote that month and then maybe like 48 of them was just me so <laughs> <laughs> um i i think that for for the most part like i enjoyed the shootouts like most people do like it, it's pretty hard to not enjoy the shootouts well it's i mean it's samp isn't it it's it's you know it's not that i mean it's literally it's based on gta so yeah so the, there was the chases there was the shootouts and obviously sometimes there was there was the bullshit they followed with it you know people breaking the rules um bradva being bradva that sort of stuff and then um uh, there, there were some negatives with like the the shootouts and the chases but for the most part they were enjoyable for everyone but uh, like i said some people just kind of took it to one extreme where they just wanted the shootouts and then they didn't want the other parts but i always saw it as like a complete package yeah it's all part of the experience of being a cop um but no i, I do agree that they for oftentimes there was you know someone that either liked one thing or liked the other it was it was it was a struggle to find people that kind of, you know, wanted to do the role play and do, you know, and do the action and stuff as well. Um, but like for me more, it was always, you know, it was always about the, the chasers. Like I, I loved like the the vehicle chasers, um, you know, whether there was a cop or not. Like if I was on the other side of it, like, I, you know, I loved that. Like if you could get like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight cops chasing you. Like that was, it was a good time. Like, and it was enjoyable and you didn't know what was going to happen. And, and it was fun. Um, until we got spike strips. Well, until you then. got spike strips. But then even then, you know, still it, it would, um, sometimes that wouldn't, you know, and, and half the time that would end up with the cops, you know, spiking the other cops tires. Cause it, you know, didn't, didn't sort of differentiate um, at the time. Um, well, no, that was on the cop. He just didn't press well, his binds yeah, fast didn't, enough. He didn't use his binds. Because um, I remember back in the day, there was no animation, no nothing. You could just pop them. Yeah, down and it and just appeared out of nowhere, and it's like, psh, yep. like, oh, okay, well, you know, I've, I've got Completely no fu- fair. I've got no fucking tires now. Like, what am I gonna do? Um, I mean, you was you was so you was late. Did you say late two thousand and eight? You joined. Yeah. Okay, so you was. You was pretty much there um, from when VG was, you know, was very popular um, right the way to, you know, when we got taken off the official list. Because, you know, for some people that don't know, um, when Overdrive took over, um, not because Overdrive took over, but, you know, decisions that had previously been made and also were made, you know, while he was owner, um, you know, MTA and, and things like that. We'll get into that in another episode, but... We were taken off the internet list, and it's almost like, um, you know, you fly in a plane and then the engines go. Like the plane's not going to drop right away; it's going to kind of glide, like as you know, as you're going through the sky. And we had kind of two years of of kind of the descent, if you like. Um, now you was there. Um, if I if I'm you know if I'm if I'm saying this correctly, you was there from you know when overdrive overdrive was owner when you took when you started right i'm actually not sure who was the owner like in the very beginning because obviously when you first join a community you're not going to be looking like oh who's the owner who's this with that like 
in the beginning it was all very casual and then i think when when i really got into it seriously right. was around the time of like 2011 when we were in lv and then i was playing a lot i ended up joining the pd yeah, that's when so it I mean, got like quote unquote really serious yeah that was so that was i mean that was kind of like pretty much hot you know that was sort of the back end of, of overdrive's um reign if you like as owner i i remember uh, jrock start was like already pretty popular around then like he he made some uh big donations they got them like yeah <laughs> they they got them uh, a bit of a reputation i mean that's I mean, so, that, I mean that was you know the donations thing is is one of um is one of the ways that people would get you know because um, it, it, people don't realize it, that came in towards you know towards the end of VG that how big VG was at that time, you know not just the player count but like the forums you know and Trillo there was you know sometimes hundreds of people, um, and you know sort of standing out you had to kind of do something, you know, remarkable to do it and and the amount of money that Jay was putting in <laughs> was noticeable like it was. It was kind of, you know, there was a few people that were kind of putting in that amount of cash. Um, but with him, it's it's almost kind of, I felt that he was kind of trying to buy his way in, you know, to, to the whole things. But um, you sort of, you was there in 2012 until it, you know, until, um, was you there uh, through that whole thing through Yashira or did you kind of leave during Yashira? No, no, I, I was there for sure. So, I mean, you was pretty much, um, you was there kind of all the way through the decline, although we didn't perhaps know it was a decline, you know, at the time. Um, but we was off the internet list, um, you know, and gradually losing members, but we kind of stayed at quite a high population. No, I, I think that, like, a lot of people knew, but then maybe they weren't ready to face it. I mean, I think in, back when we were doing LV, the population had already dropped like considerably. Yeah. So it, it would be pretty hard for anyone to say when you drop from 200 active players to 100 active players to be like, I don't know if this is a decline. I the mean. end times, you know, like I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd murder someone for 100 players. Um, murder someone for 10 players. No, I, I, I remember because even back then you had your little drama threads every month. Yeah, I mean, that. unfortunately, like being a big community like that, you know, you... You, you you would have people that you know would would kind of react that way um but like obviously jay coming in and then you know later on you share her um you wasn't sort of really involved in the admin stuff until you share had, had taken over um but like as a player when jay and, and you took over like how, how did you kind of see how things changed well obviously the the transition of uh jay rock was like the biggest one because he introduced the you know what we would call in 2019 a pay to win shop like where he started selling scripted businesses houses um custom objects for houses and all sorts of stuff for real money which was something that the community reacted surprisingly well to. I think that if you were to do this now, you would maybe get a different reaction. But then LSRP does it now fine. So I, I don't know, maybe it's something to be expected at all games. Because I know 
Uh, Arma servers did the same thing, Gary's mod servers did the same thing, so maybe that's just the price to pay for an old game? Or maybe just the average person doesn't care about them as much as like the quote-unquote hardcore gamer does. Yeah, but, I mean loot boxes I think in 2019 is or loot boxes or pay to win are like dirty words. Um, well, I, I think that there's loot boxes, but pay to win, yeah, yeah. surely. I, I think that there's a very big difference between loot boxes and like what G Rock did because there was no RNG element to it. They had a, a fixed price, and then if you wanted to pay it, cool, you'd get it. If not, then you, you wouldn't you get wouldn't, it, obviously. Yeah. Um, how um, did you? How, how did you personally feel about about those those kind of things? Well. Um, Personally, I, I didn't mind because obviously, um, well, not obviously, but um, I, I had quite a bit of uh, spare money. So I ended up purchasing a bunch of stuff. So for me personally, it was great. Um, I had finally gotten a business and, and some custom objects for my house, which I was really proud of because it was like one of the houses in Vinewood. Um, I don't know like how familiar people listening to, to this are with the map, but... Um, in Vinewood, there's the gas station on the west entrance of Vinewood, not the main Vinewood sign hill, but the other like main ramp to the west, like next to, to the Dillamore Bridge. Oh yeah, where the, where the cafe and, and stuff is. And there's, and there's a gas station there, and then above the gas station, there's one house that has like kind of a terrace that overlooks the gas station. And then I had like... I purchased this. I purchased like for like. That was your spot, was it? Yeah, I I don't remember the prices and um like probably if you had asked me today to do it, obviously I wouldn't purchase it because um I think that you know my priorities have shifted a bit and you know that sort of stuff. But back then I was like really really proud of it. I I got for some reason um I I decided to purchase like a hundred custom objects, which you know. They advertise it as, you know, a big deal because the script can only have so many custom objects and you get yeah. a hundred of them, blah, 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 which I'm still convinced it was kind of a scam because even back then, object streamers were, were pretty normal. So yeah, I don't know. Were. I don't know about the hard object limit apart from like, you know, smart Sam marketing. But yeah, anyway. I mean, I mean, the, the thing with that, um, usually, you know, the way the script was set up was it would go in the main script. So, you know, you you have 10 people with with 100 objects each it's a thousand lines and there was quite a few people that were you know having gates put in and, and did you ever like did you at that time did you have you know a gate or was what kind of custom objects did you have no i i don't think he sold gates i think it was like static objects um oh, okay. and basically you either mapped it yourself or you or you had like one of the vg mappers map it but there was like two of them and they were like super inactive so you would you would have to wait a while but so i just ended up mapping it myself and i just got a bunch of random objects that made very little sense apart from the fact that they were just like custom objects that no one had i think that i had like <laughs> so a, they, were, they were special pretty much yeah i i had like a basketball hoop on like a terrace with no like no side um whatchamacallit with no barriers with, with no barriers so like realistically if you're playing basketball there you would you would go for a ball and maybe fall down the whole mountain <laughs> so yeah that wasn't necessarily the most rp thing but it was definitely unique and then i started throwing parties at the house and then people would be like oh you got custom objects that's pretty cool that sort of stuff yeah 
and and I like I had the the Mimia sign in all of GTA added to my house the the, the one where it says um, trespassers will be shot survivors, survivors will, will be, be shot, shot again, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the Mimia sign in the whole game yep so uh, that was money well spent you know all in all like did you I, it's interesting because um, like you said your priorities now have shifted but um, I think when you're quite invested in what you're doing like if you're playing San Andreas you know every day and as a lot of us were you know for like four five six hours you know it's sometimes even more for people um, you know making an make I guess an investment in you know the environment like like that was you know essentially do you feel that that was at the time was was kind of like a, a you know a, a good thing to do well like i think that if you look at it like from just like a pure uh i want it and that's the end of it like i guess you know you want it you got it but like if you're looking at like the most return on your investment like return on your cash that you're spending Get, yeah. getting like one of the one of the donator packages that gave you a bonus and payday free fuel like that would have been worth more so would, so would getting the business that would actually make you in-game money like those would be much better investments than just custom static objects that just sat there yeah because i mean i think once you've looked at them a few times it's like oh well they're just just kind of there now but yeah, you, um, you just got more people to look at them and be like, "Oh well, yeah, you know, you throw parties and obviously, and people would say, "Wow, well, cool basketball hoop! It'd be a shame <laughs> if I fell down this, <laughs> fell down this, you know, hole and die horribly." But um, no, it's, it is interesting because the the thing is, is when Jay came in, um, his big thing was that he wanted to make VG more business like, and I assume because obviously he'd paid quite a a bit of money for the community and wanted to you know it wasn't just a thing about um you know it was only in a gaming community like he wanted to make money from it as well um which for me personally like i can kind of understand it now but then back then it might have been i guess maybe like a a, a dirty way of looking at it um you know i did always take the moral high ground with with stuff like that uh, sanctimonious maybe a little bit but um it, it those kind of things i can kind of see why people would would go to it um you know saint back in the day used to offer um you know donation you know, admin for donation packages and actually the first time i got admin i donated for it i think it was like 100 125 dollars not just for admin you got like other stuff but that was kind of part of it um, no one told me I got the platinum donation package and I never got my well, admin. Well, see, they changed it because you got like a whole bunch of you know people that that shouldn't have been admin being admin. Maybe myself included. I don't know. Um, but so obviously we spoke about J Rock um, and and you know obviously getting on to Yashera, um who purchased uh, in I think it was November 2012 was was the time. Um, so Rook had only kind of been, you know, owner for a, probably about half a year. I think he took over in April. Um, but obviously Yashira took over. Um, and I think during this time you got admin as well. That was, you know, the first time that you got admin. How did it feel? Um, you know, cause obviously you've been in VG for quite a, you know, quite a long time up to that point. Like, I don't know, four, four years, something like that. 
Um, so how did it? How do you feel that it was different for you getting admin um, than you know from where you originally came from? Well, at, at the time I was um, I was a GM, if I'm not mistaken. So I was already part of staff in in a way. I um, I remember I had to apply for GM three times. The first two times I got denied, and then the third time Mike finally let me in. He was in charge of the GM team, and um, um, I, I was already part of staff, so I kind of understood like kind of what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. Obviously, like as an admin, you're directly enforcing the rules, whereas as a GM, you're pretty much just answering sometimes silly questions, sometimes you know more more complicated questions, but. Um, um how how did it feel i guess like um it, it was something to be proud of i guess um look um looking back on it in hindsight i think that there were there were a lot of people that maybe shouldn't have been admin they got like chances on admin but then i also got my chance of being admin and um so it's, it's hard for me to judge especially when i was never like a head admin or nothing like that but that also came down to like a lot of the friend groups that we had in VG. And uh, that's like also one of the major downsides that we had in VG was like those big friend groups of people. We had people like obviously Cody, Mike, Bobby, Swagger at times. Like this was like... Yeah, it was it was quite click orientated with, with things like that. Yeah, obviously that, I think that they're mostly, well, mostly that... A bunch of the people left when Yoshira came because they they weren't allowed to stay in their old positions and obviously they they've been they kind of ran the community in a way like there was that big click with um, with Bobby Mike uh, Cody yeah. and then in a way they kind of ran the community especially with Overdrive being as active as he was it was pretty much their community. And then, you know, obviously, um, as far as I know, Jake, Jay uh, kind of kept them around. And then Yashira came around and he brought over Zizer. And then he's going to be like, oh, this is my Dutch, oh Dutch friend. He's going to be in charge of the staff team. And then maybe some of you won't be staff anymore. So then a few of them decided to just leave and call it a day. So, yeah. So that's, that's where... Um, a lot more people kind of got their chance on being staff mostly because like the the big click kind of held some people down and also was like kind of enough in a way like when you had like all of those people they kind of agreed on the direction that they wanted to take the server and then most of them were high up in the admin team you just needed a bunch of people to fill in the lower ranks and you had a pretty well functioning admin team corrupt as it was but pretty well functioning for day-to-day -day operations yeah corrupt i think corrupt but functional would probably kind of would sum it up really um and that's not i don't mean that necessarily <laughs> don't mean that necessarily in a bad way they were corrupt but in a good way well i don't um, know about that it, they got stuff done they made the wheels turn pretty much yeah I, I think we can all agree on that and then i was kind of part of the quote-unquote new admin team that was like literally with no one like no friends in high places that sort of stuff i i think if, if there was one friend in high places that that was you because yeah. like at the time um against everyone's advice you got made uh chief of staff or something like that like uh, yeah like chief some ridiculous staff. title yeah, like it was that. head yeah head, it's, head it's of like admins. head admin wasn't um, enough it had to be head of admins 
Yep. And then obviously head of you, admins, yeah. You carry that very um how do I say it? You you, you took it uh, very modestly. You didn't you didn't let it go to your head at all. You def definitely didn't write it in your signature or in your uh, TeamSpeak avatar. <laughs> Due to technical difficulties sustained in the recording of this podcast, uh, unfortunately, we'll be cutting it into two parts. Uh, so the next part will be episode three. Um, so stay tuned for that. Mm -hmm.